On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Coralbeck. We are going to go through all the waivers you need after week six, ahead of week seven, obviously, and all the guys you should add to your team this week. This is actually a huge week. This is maybe the biggest week for waivers so far because your starters, someone's not going to play for you this week. This is the first real bye week. Last week, there were like four teams on bye, but like they only had like seven combined players that mattered. This week, there are six teams on bye. Bills, Cowboys, Steelers, Vikings, Chargers, Jaguars. So that's like four of the best Brutal. offenses in football. Also, the Steelers and the Jaguars. Ho. Ho. See what that's I did fair. There? So <laughs> I want to be counted. Basically, there are like 20 guys that are definitely starting fantasy football players that are on by this week. That doesn't include injuries. Yeah. So this is a huge week for start sit, huge week for yep. ads, and maybe plug and play guys from waivers. So we're going to go through all of them. We're going to start with the running backs with Craig, if you will. Uh, well, you want me to do it now? I was going to say, we're going to do... Ru- He's going like, to preview the showdowns. Showdown time. We're going to preview the showdown time. Yeah, how did you not... Okay, I thought that was really obvious. Well, we I thought we only... I want to keep it sacred. We only do it when the showdown time is occurring. And the... You know, I thought we just had it down. It's okay. Hyphus, before we get to the injuries real quick, I want to ask you guys something. When do you guys go forward and and set your lineups for the following week? Like, are you, do you get real excited like on Monday or Tuesday and set your lineups or do you wait until the last minute, like Thursday afternoon and set your lineups? I do a preliminary, like just make sure guys are in the right spots thing and yeah. then I circle back to it and the off chance yeah. I were to forget, I don't want to buy a guy in my lineup or something. Maybe it's just because I have ADD, but I always go in and like Sunday night, Monday morning, set my lineups for the next week because I also think it kind of gives me an idea of like, where I'm really desperate at certain positions, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, and it helps me with doing waivers and all that. The reason I bring all that up is because I went through and I was setting some of my lineups this morning. Twenty-two. My what God, does that take you like an hour and a half? No, it, well, it takes me about you get up early, fifteen minutes maybe, ten minutes. Uh, my God, there are some ugly ass lineups going into the like. I, it's yeah. almost like embarrassing to hit the submit lineup. So, like an MFL, you submit your lineups. It actually sends you an e- it sends an email to your opponent of who your lineups are. And I'm like, God, this is embarrassing to to actually hit the submit button on this. But um, yeah, bottom line, with all these buys, with all the injuries, there's some brutal ass lineups going into effect this week. And so, um, this could be a more important waiver week than normal. Well, imagine if you have like Ezekiel Elliott and like Najee Harris, which is pretty great, and you have Tony Pollard as a handcuff. Well, now the yeah. Steelers and Vikings, or Steelers and uh, Cowboys are both on buys. 
So you just have to find two different running backs. You know, it, it's just like it's, you can have a great team and have a terrible yeah. lineup this week. Happens every year. I always forget how bad some of the lineups get during the middle of the season. It's kind of fun. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I enjoy <laughs> struggling in bye weeks. Yeah. It's fun to be like, oh, who can I start? Trying to extract value from like random ass players. Yeah. I want to take this moment to confirm that despite this week being annoying, I have no interest and probably never will have an interest in stacking bye weeks when I draft players. I could not give less of a shit. Yeah. I agree. But I like it's fun when like you have one disastrous week because then you feel like you can really flex your fantasy expertise and be like, oh, well, I, I can start guys off the waivers and still get a win. It's like you house know? money. You're like, I'm playing John Ross this week. You know what? I don't expect to win, but right. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So we're going to go. We're going to go position by position again. You will hear this sound. Oh, I no, went all that, that, order, didn't I? That's the power hour thing. You're all screwed up. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> it's showdown time. We are going to do waivers. Through a trivia showdown, and that's it. We go position by position. We can't have the same guy. I guess people get it. It's like, we, we, you'll hear a sound. We're going to fight over trivia. Yeah, people get it. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Oh. There's a giant truck outside my window. What kind of nice. truck? I love trucks. It's a dump truck. Calvin would be just a pig in shit if he was here. That's, that's, you know what that is? That's actually the email delivering your lineup for the week. Good one. Uh, there's something about kids in trucks. When I was a kid, I loved the garbage truck. Yeah. I used to stare out the window and watch the garbage truck come every day. It's absolutely a thing. Calvin loves that. He loves the recycling truck. He runs to the window, like starts banging on the window, yelling hi to him. He loves when they go by. It's hilarious. I don't get it. I still kind of like the garbage <laughs> truck, like watching the big clock. I watch I love the that. big, I don't know any of the vocabulary, but the big crusher thing, the big crusher wall that like almost killed Han mm -hmm. Solo in Star Wars, like that thing. And it mm, was, yeah. I mean, it's garbage, so it's gross. It's like but satisfying, It was right? so aesthetically pleasing to watch that thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 oddly satisfying. It is very, oh, the great Reddit. Okay, okay the truck is gone. Is Let's it time continue. to talk about football? Yeah. There's probably some football metaphor there of like our bye weeks. It doesn't matter. Okay. Quick injury stuff before uh, we get to, so first of all, guys in bye this week, Tony, El, uh, Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, obviously. Zach Mawson, Devin Singletary, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, James Robinson are all on bye. Injuries. Nick Chubb is already out. Sorry, I am all over the place today. Kareem Hunt out. is all Nick Chubb was out on Sunday. Kareem Hunt got could hurt. be back. Kareem Hunt is out at least three weeks with calf injury. It might be four to six weeks for Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb might play this week, but mm -hmm. the Browns play on Thursday night football. So Nick Chubb has not been ruled out for that game. Certainly hasn't been ruled in for that game. Head coach Kevin Stavansky says the short week makes it a lot tougher for Chubb to play in the short week. Also, Baker Mayfield hurt is non-throwing shoulder. It was in a again. swing. We'll see. Again, if he How can, the we'll hell see. did he, he keep play playing, Thursday. by the way? That was insane. He came back in like 20 seconds. I have a very he's simple tough. rule for injuries this tough. year. If the injury looks bad, the player's fine. If the player looks fine, the injury's bad. Like, that's <laughs> it. Right. Like, if you watch the injury and you're like, he's probably fine. He's bet he's out for the season. Except Dak Prescott. That one looked bad in. That one bad. looked bad at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but Deontay Johnson, everyone looks bad and he's playing. It's like, you know what I mean? That's true. Okay. Uh, and then also Odell hurt his shoulder. Lock around with the Browns. Antonio Gibson for Washington. He played the shin injury. Seems like it got worse. We don't know the status of that yet. We're recording Monday afternoon, but uh, I'm not optimistic. I'll put yeah. it that way. And even if he does play, it is not going to get better as the season goes on. Seahawks running back Alex Collins hurt his hip twice in this game. So Chris Carson is the starter. He's already on injured reserve. Alex Collins, we don't know, again, the status of the hip. Pete Carroll, the head coach for Seattle, said this morning on the ESPN radio, quote, Alex Collins is not out of next week. We've got to see how he handles it, end quote. Not like he's not out next week. He's not out of it. They're not ruling, they're not ruling him out yet. 
which is a very complicated way to say he might be in for next week. Dude, by, by the way, way, Rashad Penny is coming off injured reserve mm-hmm. and will be full speed ready to roll, according to Pete Carroll. Yeah. Damn straight. What Good I was going to say about the call-in situation is obviously we have to monitor this. This is Monday afternoon, and we haven't gotten like the full um, details on the situation. However, Pete Carroll is the king of like giving you like a very vague vague diagnostics. Yeah, like di- his diagnostics are so so positive. They usually almost always end up being like way more positive than they need to be like <laughs> Russell Wilson practiced this yeah. week. That should tell you how weird Seattle <laughs> Russell Wilson's weird diagnostics. Are. Russell Wilson endorsed water that was like it prevents concussions. Yeah. Just, just uh, weird stuff in Seattle. Uh, but he like, for instance, I think with Carson, he was like, oh, yeah, he's day to day. And then they put him on IR the next, like, yep. you know, like 24 hours later. So it's like one of those things where we really don't have any clue how bad Alex Collins is. It sounds like he's going to be OK. Well, it looked fine. But, so he's probably yeah. really hurt. He might just be on the IR <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out. So we'll see. He needs that big hip pad that Big Ben wears. Exactly. And It'll be fine. Patriots running back Damian Harris left multiple times uh, in the Patriots game with injuries. He entered with a rib injury. He limped off with an ankle injury. I thought it looked bad. Apparently, he's fine. He's just so that beat just up. fits with the theme. Yeah. So apparently, he's all right. Uh, okay. So with all that said, all that Michigan's DK. Yeah. Who is your number one pick for at running back off of waivers this week? This is a tough one because honestly, I think there's a lot of good options, or at least a lot of intriguing option options. I went with Dernis Johnson from the Browns, who is rostered on 2% of leagues. This is one of those guys, weirdly enough, I picked him up in a couple of leagues randomly last week, just like in Dynasty Leagues, because he was sitting there. And I'm like, you know, in, in uh, Happy Gilmore, he's like, thank God I called that guy. Like, this is how I feel now, based on like what <laughs> the situation with the Browns. Um, so no, it was Billy Madison. Sorry, Billy Madison. What did he I say? He crosses him off the list. I said Happy Gilmore. I meant Billy Madison. Yeah, <laughs> the, guy, the people thank to God kill. I that guy. He's got a list of people to kill. Uh, anyways, um, thank <laughs> it's, God. It's, I, it's thank not God as I funny when you say it out loud, I guess. Uh, let's see here. So anyways, obviously with Chubb, I think the situation could be more serious than the team is letting on. Like calf injuries, they don't sound that bad, but at least... It, yeah, it, quietly the worst injury in fantasy. I mean, there's obviously really bad ones, but it's the worst injury to read that doesn't seem like it's bad. right i'd rather have shoulder so many other things calves last forever yeah and so like okay so like, here's the thing though dak prescott has a calf injury and craig was like ah he's fine don't worry about it and then we were like oh he's in a walking boot and craig's like hey, he's fine and i'm like craig's not a fucking doctor <laughs> and then i wake up this morning and ian rap reports on nfl network like you know actually a boot's a good thing i'm like what ian rap are you craig now <laughs> yeah so you gotta pick craig is, is is dak's calf fine or is it the worst injury in fantasy dr holbeck it's fine. He's in a boot and he's got a buy. So he'll be fine. He'll be back. He's also a quarterback. It's not as big a deal as, you know, as a running back who has to like cut every Explode. other play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, regardless, like there's, there's been a, there's a laundry list of players this year that have had calf injuries that have had to eventually go on the injured reserve. I don't think Look at Michael Gallup. Yeah. He's Michael been out for Gallup. Like six weeks. Example there. I, I don't know if he's going to go on the IR, but I would be surprised. Or oh, Mike least, Trout also missed like the entire baseball season, the calf injury. Rashad Penny, I think, has a calf injury. Is calf back injuries are, I just don't like them. I bet like bad vibes around calf Christian injuries. McCaffrey. Wow. There, wow. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Um, regardless, even that. if Chubb is in, I, I, I would imagine based on like the injury, they would at least try and limit him, at least not try and put too much on his plate. That's why I think Darius Johnson is probably the most likely to get some action in that Kareem Hunt role, um, and or as a starter. Like if if Chubb is out, like you're gonna love having Darius Johnson because this is a good team. 
good offense. Like they focus their offense around the run. Obviously, they're banged up. They're really banged up, but they're still going to be a run centric team. Um, and so Johnson could get the volume you're looking for. I also think Demetric Felton. This is sort of like a. I'm, this is an addendum, I think, to, to Ernest Johnson. But Demetric Felton is a guy worth kind of keeping in mind because he's been sort of this running back hybrid receiver guy for them, and he's looked pretty solid when he touches the football. I don't think, at least it doesn't seem like he would be the natural replacement for Chubb and Hunt because he's more of a receiver than a running back. However, he was a running back in college, so um, you know if you don't get Johnson, have Felton sort of as like a backup there. Demetri Felton's like the opening act for Darius Johnson. Like, there's a chance you like the opening act more than the concert <laughs> itself, and right. maybe one day you're like, "Oh, I remember I saw them live." But like, it, it's worth noting. Uh, Ernest Johnson's also my number one waiver at running back for this Sweet. week. What about you, Craig? Yeah, he is mine as well. Um, okay. I don't think they're. I feel like they're just not going to play Chubb on Thursday. I feel like teams, sh- whenever it's dicey, you shouldn't play the guy on Thursday because then he has ten weeks after that. Like, you should t- you should soak days, up. But yes, sorry, yeah, you have ten days after that game. So I feel like you don't want to like rush him in the quick week. Play him. It's like now wait it all out. That's why I think they're going to do the same thing with Jerry Judy, who Denver or uh, Cleveland is facing Denver this week. So I like Darius Johnson as well. And the last important note, Darius Johnson. Even if Nick Chubb, I agree with what you said, Craig. But even if Nick Chubb does play it doesn't mean he's getting all the work. Like, he's clearly not healthy. I think you can actually play to Ernest Johnson as a flex, or I guess you would play him at running back because it's Thursday, but you could play to Ernest Johnson even if Nick Chubb plays because it's not like Nick Chubb's going to be, like, he's going to rotate out like he, like he was Kareem Hunt. So. And all the Browns are hurt. I mean, Baker literally has one arm hanging like he's in uh, Monty Python, and then <laughs> Odell Beckham has a hurt shoulder. They don't have anybody. Yeah. Okay, so we all like Johnson. Uh, I think it's Triple. a showdown. Yeah. Sorry, I, didn't, I wasn't Craig, trying to steal your moment. thunder there, Craig. You know what, DK? If you want to do one of them one day, you can. <laughs> one day. One DK, day. you want to do it? No, let's. I'll save that for another day. Craig, you got okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's time for the Dernis Johnson Showdown Time. Okay, wait. I, Hyvis, can I ask the question? I got a good yeah, one. Yeah, okay. All right, this is from Peter. 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 What year was tattooing made legal in New York City? Oh wow! I had no idea. It was illegal at a, one point. I've got a. Um, <laughs> I've got an answer in my head. Okay, wait. Let me think. Let me get it all together. God damn it! These. I, I swear to God, these questions just make me feel dumber every time. Well, because you have to imagine that the only reason why it's a trivia question is because the answer is not what you expect, right? right? <laughs> Usually, yeah. Usually, it'd be weird if it was like exactly when everybody thought it would. Then it's not really a fun kind of like a curveball, um, right? Okay, I got a number in mind. I do too. All right, Craig, you go first. 1901. Okay, Heifetz. Heifetz, go. Now he's thinking because I said something. Yeah, I was going to change my answer. All right, I'm just going to say like 1880. Oh, okay. I I was thinking 1924. So I guess I'm going going more recent. Heifetz is going for the further back. What do we got? What should be like 2003? Okay, so this article, that I, th- what he sent me, Peter, it's the, Smitho- the smithsonianmagazine.com. The title of this article that came out in 2017 says, Tattooing was illegal in New York City until 1997. What? See, I just, There's I no way. 2003. Because it says in 1961, it officially became illegal to give somebody a tattoo in New York City. Uh, this is just one of the many interesting facets of the city's storied ink history covered in Tattooed New York. Wait, That's it was illegal in 1991? That sounds like a technicality. What about before that? No, 97. But yeah, it, it became illegal in 61, came back in 97. 
It's a long article here. See, this is what happens <laughs> when Craig pulls the trivia questions. Look at well, this. I, but here's the problem. What am I supposed to do? I can't read the answer before. So this is this is the reality of the That's situation. A great point. Sometimes you got to click in and read the article. Great point. I uh, I I really want to recount here. I think we should pick a different question. No, no, just the theater. Not that big of a deal. I get Dernis Johnson big time. <laughs> all right, uh, um, all Craig. right. Just, just let you know what. This, maybe we should have given DK the showdown time because Craig just comes in on the <laughs> trivia once, and it's like, geez, what a disaster. Perhaps it was, was never legal or illegal until 1961. Then it became illegal. Like perhaps it was never. So it was even totally legal in 1880 when I said it, but DK gets Dernis Johnson anyway on a complete technicality. Okay, so sure. honestly, I'm really excited about this because dead ass, as the kids say. I think the next best option after Darius Johnson is Rashad Penny. Yeah. Are you still wearing your San Diego State hat? The same one you no, wore last night? No, this is a Mon Bozeman, Montana hat. <laughs> uh, I think Rash I'm going with Rashad. I mean, some yeah. of the other guys on this list, I think, are Jarrett Patterson is the like running back for Washington. If, if Antonio Gibson can't play, there's McKissick there, but Patterson might be like the first down guy. There's every running back on the Ravens, the Expendables 3. And then <laughs> after that, it gets pretty deep. I like Rashad. I, I, I stand by the fact that when he's healthy, he's fine. And he's a useful fantasy player, useful running back who can catch and run and do everything. I, as the um, very proud Rashad Penny hater, I have a, just a, an earnest and sincere question for Danny Kelly as someone who watches the Seahawks with way too much of his um, <laughs> identity on the line. Would you rather have Rashad Penny or Travis Homer if Alex Collins and Chris Carson were out? And, and, and before this, before you answer this, Rashad Penny is 100% healthy. He Penny. Travis Penny. Homer just actually looked really good against the Steelers. Well, I would actually have, to be honest with you, Heifetz, I would have DJ Dallas ahead of uh, Travis Homer. Travis Homer, generally speaking, has been like the third down guy only for the Seahawks so far. Like he's not been like an early down runner for them, generally speaking. DJ Dallas has been. And honestly, DJ Dallas looked pretty good. Well, sorry, DJ Dallas has also kind of been playing in that role too, but he took over once um, Alex Collins went out as sort of like the guy, I think. So, my order would be Penny, number one, easily. Because, I mean, look, these guys are human beings. They still want that first-round pick to count for something, right? <laughs> and also, he's looked pretty solid when he's been healthy. Like, he's he's especially, um, like, come on strong of late when he's been healthy. Like, he has that explosive running ability. Uh, Pete Carroll went on the radio this morning and basically was just reiterating, like, we're, the, we're at our best when we're running the ball. Like, blah, 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 run, run, run. Like, he's so excited to get back to running the ball. Um, that is who Pete Carroll is. That's in his DNA. He's not going to change, blah, blah, blah. That's good for Penny. That's good for Alex Collins if he's healthy. But yes, no, I'd say uh, Rashad Penny was my number two, actually, too, on here. So is, is so. he number two because we don't know the deal with Alex Collins? And if so, yes. if so, is, to Ernest Johnson, number one, uh, and then Rashad Penny, two. If Alex Collins were ruled out immediately after this podcast ends, would you rather have to Ernest Johnson or Rashad Penny? I probably would still lean Johnson because I would think that his utility would last longer down the line. Um, if you're asking me who I'd rather start in week seven, I'd probably say Penny because they're not as banged up. I mean, like the the Browns are so banged up right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the, we mentioned this on the podcast last night. Like the one thing that was actually kind of surprising about the Seahawks last night is they were run blocking pretty well, which I, d I didn't know where that came from. I don't know if it's necessarily like going to happen again this week, but when the Seahawks committed to running, they're actually pretty successful at it, especially in the second half. Um, I know that Pete Carroll is going to want to get back to that and, and continue to do that. 
Um, and honestly, like with Johnson, it's, just, it's a small, I would say it's a small lead with Penny over Johnson in, in week seven alone. But mainly I'd go with Penny because, you know, like the Browns offensive line is completely banged up. Their, their quarterback is banged up. Um, they're just, they have more injuries issues on the offensive line than the Seahawks do right now. Okay. So I get, so DK, you get Darius Johnson. Craig gets Rashad Penny. If this were Great British Bake Off, this would be like where I, I get the horrible job this week of doing the third option because there's really <laughs> two good options this week and then the rest mm-hmm. are awful. So, yeah. like, there are dart throws. Like, Demetric Felton's probably a dart throw in PPR if you're in like a 12 or 14 team league. There's the Ravens' horrible options of like, if you want to. That's go what you got to do, right? Like you got to take Freeman one of the Ravens guys. Or Le'Veon Bell or like Latavius Smart. Like, just roll that, that awful, like, those old guys also could throw out Ramondre Stevenson. I know Damian mm-hmm. Harris is probably fine, but on the off chance. However, I'm going to go, I'm going to pivot. And I'm, since you guys have two very strong options for week seven, I'm going to do something a little different. If you don't, if you don't need someone to plug and play for this week, but you do want a higher upside running back for later this season, I would actually consider Marlon Mack, who's currently on the Colts, but is somehow, some way, one of the bigger names involved in the trade deadline, which should tell you something about this yeah. year's trade deadline. But there is a real, so what is this? It's October, do, 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 do. It is October 18th. 18th. Yep. Uh, the trade deadline's in two weeks, two weeks from Tuesday. There's a real chance that Marlon Mack is on a different football team in November that will give, be giving him like actual starter reps. And the Colts don't really need him on Jonathan Taylor. That's a stash guy. You don't really maybe even need to use that move yet, but if you've got the bench space, I actually think Marlon Mack pretty likely gets ended up on another team. Yeah, what if the what if the Ravens trade for Marlon Mack? Or what would be another team that you'd be excited about Marlon Mack being on going forward? I, I mean, there's a few. I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's. I mean, look at all the injuries we're already Chiefs? talking about here. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of teams that could use a guy. So I, you know, I'm not saying he's like definitely going to be like a top. 15 running back top 20 running back but like i kind of just want to see marlon mack on my bench when he gets traded somewhere and then you can go from there i'd rather that's, that than yeah. fight for him on waivers that's a deep cut but right. i like it that's it's forward thinking that's what i like about you um i want to mention you know craig you mentioned him already but i want to talk about him a little bit more jared patterson i think is actually a really good stash too and again it's kind of like what i've said it's not necessarily to plug him into your lineup this week you mean but for Washington? Because for you know, Washington, he's a guy that I've been Patterson. I've been adding in a couple of leagues, just in the just with the idea that like, look, Antonio Gibson, his shin is not going to get better. This is the one thing that we've seen throughout the whole season. All the guys, all the doctors on Twitter that um, you know know their stuff. Like physically speaking, they all say this is not an injury that gets better. It's going to be a situation where he needs to rest this for like multiple months in order for it to heal. He's got a stress fracture in his. Shin. Can you imagine trying to play in the NFL with a shin fracture? Like, yeah, I know I bring this up all the time, but we <laughs> really don't spend enough time about how NFL injuries are not the same as just right. normal people injuries. Yeah. Imagine if you had a stress fracture in your shin. Could you go on a walk? Yeah. Could you drive a car? I have no idea. I just would imagine, like, this is just me guessing, but like, it's sapping some of his explosiveness. It's sapping some of like his <laughs> zeal for playing. Dude, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think the shin injury made him more explosive. I mean, like, let's That's be honest. not what the Twitter doctors said. And to be honest, it's not like he's been balling out to the level where Washington is like, we can't take this guy off the field, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't been a standout. He hasn't been standing out enough, I'd say, in his performance for Washington to just be like, look, maybe we should just shut him down. Protect him for the long term. 
He's really been one of the biggest duds of the 2021 fantasy season for our show, for I think a lot of fantasy yeah. like analyst shows, but it's kind of been the year from hell for Antonio Gibson. It's kind of like, these. this is the two sides of the coin. The Wa Washington is like, we see him in a Christian McCaffrey role. We're like, sick, dope. And then the Chargers, <laughs> like, we see Mike Williams in a Michael Thomas role. We're like, fuck that. And then we, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That's a good example. for two there. Well, Craig, Craig goes one for two. When we saw Jarrett Patterson in the in the preseason, he looked really good. He's very like elusive. He's like a little bowling ball. He's like a short guy, very uh, breaks a lot of tackles, all that stuff. I could see them getting him involved, especially um, if they shut Antonio Gibson down. Like even if they don't, they might still give him, They might start giving this guy a little bit more action. Um, so I don't know. I just think he's a really good stash right now. Don't plug him into your lineups this week, but have him on your bench. Beat that rush to go get him if and when. Uh, Antonio Gibson suffers another injury or or gets you know shut down basically just to protect him from himself going forward. Plus, it's like Washington's not in the playoff hunt right now. Um, That's smart. I so, mean, it's probably really hard to like stash a guy, especially this week when there's so many buys. But if you're somehow able to just like willy nilly add somebody just for the long haul, then that is creative. I did this with Alex Collins as soon as I heard any like, when I heard the word neck and Chris Collins, I went and added Chris Alex Carson. Collins to a bunch. Sorry, did I? Who did I say? You said Chris Collins because you Sorry. can find the name. Chris Carson. When I heard the term neck go along with Chris Carson, that made me very worried because neck injuries, you know, these are not predictable things. Generally speaking, very bad for football. Um, so I went and added much <laughs> Thanks, Chris. DK. I went and added Al Alex that's Collins. What we come, that's what I need your analysis for. Shin, shin injuries, not great. Same kind of deal. So, anyways, that's what I'm saying with with Patterson. I was glad I had Collins on a couple benches. I could plug him into lineup, and you know, obviously, got a good game out of him this week. I think you could potentially see that happen with Patterson too. I wonder how many people right now listen to this podcast be like, you know what, DK's right. Neck injuries are bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a light bulb uh, moment for you guys. Okay, yeah. if you need to plug someone in this week, Dernis Johnson for the Cleveland Browns is number one. He's Thursday in football, so don't put him in flex, even though spiritually he's a flex. Number two, it's uh, Rashad Penny. I can't believe I just said that out loud. For the Seahawks, yeah. and then deeper cuts are like the Ravens guys, Devontae Freeman. If you got to pick one, right, it's Latavius or Devontae Freeman, I guess. Oh my god! Don't sleep on them activating Tyson Williams and having him. I wouldn't want to live. I, I would. I would not want to live that lifestyle though. Ramondre Stevenson, depending what the deal is, Damon Harris, deeper cut, Jared Patterson, and then uh, the deeper, deeper cut, but actually, but higher up, like no upside this week or the next two weeks, but maybe gets traded as Marlon Mack. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Receivers. So just to recap, incredible bye week for receivers. I mean, this is like a list of half the best receivers in the NFL. It's Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are on by. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, Chase yeah. Claypool, and then yeah. like the Jaguars guys. They're all on by. It's unbelievable. Terrible. So in addition to those dudes, 
Some of the injuries include Tyreek Hill, who like had a quad injury, left the quad injury, came back with a quad injury, monitored him. He's probably going to play, but like that's going to be annoying for a month. Kadarius Tony played on a hurt ankle for the Giants, immediately aggravated the ankle. I don't know if he's going to just come back on that. So he's Tony's too quick out. for human ankles, I think. Like there's, he needs to have metal ankles because he's too quick for them. <laughs> yeah, not great. Well, the they last Giants yeah, receiver can't who's fun and worked out. G-forces. Yeah. The last Giants receiver who was super fun and had great ankles was Odell Beckham, who um, hurt his shoulder this week. And we don't know the extent of that yet, but AC joint, shoulder, Thursday night football, I just that just seems awful. And the, like his quarterback also has a shoulder issue with his non-throw. That just seems like a terrible situation. Yeah. And then T.Y. Hilton returned from neck injury. He dominated Houston, as he always does, and then tweaked his quad. He's probably questionable. Other Colts receiver, Paris Campbell, had a foot injury after a touchdown catch. We don't know how to deal with that, but who cares about Paris Campbell? And he has a that. history of foot injuries. He does. Okay. With all that said, DK, who's your number one receiver waiver ad for this week? I feel like I'm uh, beating a dead horse at this point, but it's Tim Patrick from the Broncos who death taxes and Tim Patrick on waivers. I still really don't understand why he's on so on waivers in so many leagues, but 35% rostered in Yahoo. He keeps doing it every week. Another 13.2 PPR points this last week. He had three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Five of the last six games. He scored over 12.7 in PPR. It's not like he's going out and giving you 30-point outings. But everything that Heifus just said, there's so many guys hitting the bench. There's so many guys on by. This is a guy who can get you a solid 10 PPR points, and I'm going to be wanting to plug him into my flex spot this week. Um, so yeah, Tim Patrick, he's good, and he's in, he's in an offense that is really banged up, missing a lot of guys. He's still going to be like the de facto number two in this offense behind uh, Cortland Sutton. And Jerry Judy doesn't look like he's going to come back this week. After this week, things could change. But Jerry Judy, it still looks like he's out. So uh, Tim Patrick will be my number one this week still, again. Yeah, Vic Fangio said that Jerry Judy has less than a 50% chance of playing this week against Cleveland. Again, it probably makes sense. Just wait to get the 10 extra days for him to come back. Um, uh, in week uh, eight, I think it would be. So yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, he wasn't my top guy, but I think Tim Patrick is great. Who's your top guy, Craig? Uh, it's Rashad Bateman. Mm. Yeah. Who immediately stepped in and had more targets than Marquise Brown. Looked really good. Sammy Watkins is hurt. They're playing Cincinnati next week. And Lamar is throwing the ball more than the Ravens have ever let him. Uh, mainly because their running game is in shambles. So... <laughs> I like Rashad Bateman a lot. He ran routes on 67% of passes. That's not a ton, but in your first game coming off six weeks off, like that's pretty damn good seeing six targets. So yeah. I like him a lot for next week and for the rest of the season. So we actually have three different guys this week. So I, I speaking of DK being beating a dead horse with Tim Patrick, Cardinals receivers once again. So Christian Kirk is still somehow on ESPN rostered on just a quarter of leagues. Really, and I wanted. I know, and I. Okay. If you're on Yahoo, he's slightly higher. Feels like higher. a glitch. <laughs> it, well, I want. It, well, here's the interesting part, and this is what I want to ask you guys about. AJ Green is actually on more teams on ESPN than Christian Kirk is, mm -hmm. and so we. Rondell Moore is like out, and like the next time Rondell Moore explodes, I'm not going to fall for it because especially now that they traded for Zach Ertz. Rondell yeah. Moore's the fourth receiver. The dream is he's going to be a great. He's going to be incredible. I will probably want him on every team I have next year. Yeah. I'm done with him kind of this season unless there's more injuries to this Cardinals team. Having said that, I feel Christian Kirk needs to be rostered and is going to be good and that I now feel like, like that's the guy you want to withstand the ebbs and flows of this Cardinals passing game. A.J. Green will also have good weeks, 
But I think Christian Kirk is the guy to have after DeAndre Hopkins and Cardinals passing. Do you guys agree with that? He might just be the guy to have. I, I bet you he has more targets than DeAndre Hopkins this season. Uh, I can check that. He does not, but it's closer <laughs> than you think. Yeah, <laughs> It's 30, 38 for Hopkins, 32 for AJ Green, 31 for Christian Kirk. However, yeah. he does have, they all have incredibly close receiving yards. Hopkins has 367. Kirk is 358. AJ Green is 340. So right there, that explains Crazy. a lot of the season, right? Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and AJ Green are all within less than 30 receiving yards on the season and all within five catches, which is kind of like why this whole Cardinals offense has felt like whack-a-mole. I like yeah. this one because, you know, any guy in this offense really could just have like a dud week. It's one of those offenses where it's not like they're, it's not funneling targets to any one guy specifically anymore. Like last year, it was definitely DeAndre Hopkins was the guy and then everyone else was sort of an afterthought this year. And I think this is like a function of the style of offense the the Cardinals run where, you know, you line the guys up in the right in the same spots every down. You run your routes, and basically, Kyler is deciding what's based on what's happening with the defense, where he's going with football. Like that's well, the, the defense is kind of deciding. Sorry, is that what I, that's what I meant to say? It's like depending on what the defense does, that's where Kyler's going with the football, um, which is sort of like one of the basic things of the air raid. It's like you you basically like the four verts thing is like you're forcing the defense to like. You know, you take what the defense gives you. Basically, yeah. Like if you'd get single coverage on the outside, you're throwing it to the outside guy or whatever. That's like the really, really basic version of it. But like Roger Sherman wrote a great thing for the site about the air raid yeah. like a few years ago. Yeah. And other than him describing air raid as kind of a religion, which is true. I think it's kind of like air raid is like if they took the passing concepts, you know, you know, when they're like, well, why don't if the black box is uh can't be broken why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box <laughs> yeah and it's like that's the air raid they're like well if these are the best plays in football why don't you just run those three plays over and over all the time yeah um so the very very basic gist is like you know it sometimes it just depends on what the defense is doing and that's going to dictate which guys get a ton of targets in a specific game um and so why i do like kirk is he's running i would say higher uh like more efficient routes, he's getting, he's catching the routes that he's running more efficiently than maybe some of the guys on the outside would. Um, and they're scheming him open. He's actually much better in the slot than he is on the outside. He's, I think, he's a somewhat limited player to be honest. Like he's not going to be a guy that's going to dominate on the outside, but he fits well in the slot and he's fast. He can get over the top. Kyler trusts him. Um, so yeah, I like this one. I was actually very surprised. To, I, I hadn't realized he was uh, not rostered more on ESPN. Yeah. So Christian Kirk, I think, is number one, and then. So if I had lost him, though, the other guy I want to shout out, though, is Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns. Mm. If I don't know yeah. if Odell's going to miss time, but like I kind of also don't care. Donovan Peoples-Jones is really good. I don't. This is not a plug-and-play thing. This is not like a replace Justin Jefferson on by with Donovan Peoples-Jones. But Donovan Peoples-Jones is an incredible athlete. He's 22 years old. He was really good in college, if you saw him. And like he just he seems very capable of doing number one receiver cosplay. Like, he had that Hail Mary at the end of the game, which was amazing. Obviously, I don't chase a Hail Mary, but he did have two different touchdowns. And I just could totally see by, think, by like, Halloween or Thanksgiving, maybe Thanksgiving, the Browns just kind of be like, look, we're going to move on from Odell at some point anyway. This guy actually seems like he could really be a future player on this team. I'm not, like, in yet to, like, play him at all, but I have my eyes very much in Donovan Peoples-Jones. DPJ, he's an interesting one. So in, in the Dynasty Streets... He's he's definitely a guy people like because I think the assumption here is that at some point, maybe it's as early as next year, the Browns are going to move away from Odell and potentially Jarvis. 
which yeah, could clear a spot for Donovan Peoples-Jones to be like the de facto number one in this offense. Now, obviously, a lot of moving parts there. That may never happen. And Donovan Peoples-Jones might not ever evolve into that type of player, but he was getting a ton of hype in the preseason, making a ton of plays in training camp. Former five-star guy. Like, he was at one point one of the top recruits in the country. So this isn't just some guy that came out of nowhere. Um, he basically played in a Michigan offense that didn't really feature him or didn't really know how to utilize him very well. Um, we've seen a couple other guys come out of that Harbaugh Michigan offense that have been better pros than they were in college. Like Nico Collins for the Texans is already making some waves. He's another guy, really elite athlete, who just didn't have very good production at Michigan uh, and now has been, been really flashing for the Texans. Then Chris Evans, who we didn't mention with the running backs, but he's another deep, deep sleeper guy. Caught a touchdown. Yeah. He's a good pass catcher. Um, he's not going to take over for Joe Mixon, but they could start utilizing him in like a Pollard-type role where you want to just get your best players involved type of deal, and he has more options. Um, I'm, I'm looking at him more as like a 2022 guy. But like at the end of the day, Michigan, there's something with these Michigan guys is kind of my point. Like They're really elite athletes that just weren't utilized very well in this offense. Maybe it was a quarterback situation. Maybe it was the offense situation, whatever. But they're probably better than we think. So Donovan Peoples-Jones being a six-round pick, I still kind of think like he has a chance to to develop into like a good player, a really good player. Shouts out Jordan Poole on the Warriors, who went to Michigan and was not doing well, and now he's like one of the best late round picks in the in the draft from three years What's ago. What's it with Michigan? Yeah. Love Craig just shooting in Warriors talk. Okay, uh, well, that was kind of relevant. Wait, there's one. <laughs> kind of relevant. There's a couple exactly more receivers. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say T. Y. Hilton is if he plays is a suitable fill in. You could and. That. If T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell don't play, this is super boring, but Zach Pascal is like a very normal, <laughs> capable flex guy. Glansburg. Was pretty good. I don't think we've mentioned, we haven't mentioned Pascal this entire calendar year, but yes. Zach Pascal for like two years in a row, just three years, the eye test is so much better than his stats. The other one, just real deep cut. Nico Collins for the Texans. Mm, if they ever, if anyone ever covers Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins get the ball for you. Someone's got to get this in Houston. Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, he was the other guy on my list. Uh, these Targets the last cuts. three weeks for Amon Ross St. Brown, seven, eight, eight. Catches the last three weeks, five, seven, six. So, like, again, this is more of like a PPR play, but he's getting uh, enough targets, enough looks in this depleted offense that he could be worth plugging into a flex. Also, want to throw out one more, see what you guys think. This could be just like a very deep, like, 16 team leagues only type of deal. But Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots, like, he's been pretty solid. He's looked pretty good. Double-digit uh, points in PPR in three out of the last four games. He only had one catch, but he turned it into a 75-yard touchdown this last week. Um, Nelson Aguilar, just not making it happen. Is there any chance that like Kendrick Bourne sort of like takes over as the number two receiver in this offense? Um, no, or maybe no he already has. That. That's where I draw the line. I have zero. I I think Kendrick Bourne is a is a football player is is actually really good, and he's like an awesome third down guy on your team that you like rooting for. I I would like real life team. I will stop at the endorsement train right <laughs> yeah. there. I think I'd rather have all the other guys we discussed before born, but just wanted to throw them out there. Okay. Well, I didn't catch him. Uh, okay. Tight end. Throwing him right back. I'm throwing him right back. Okay. Tight end. Guys on by this week include Dalton Sh- Schultz and Dawson. It's Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. That was harder to say than I anticipated. <laughs> uh, so this week kind of sucks at tight end. I have one very obvious one, and I really hope I win. I have Ricky Seals-Jones. Dick. Same. Yeah. Do too, and I'm just going to summarize it for all three of us. It's because he just took over the Logan Thomas role. I get it. I said he wouldn't. Yeah. I'm stupid. You're smart. 
<laughs> you're handsome. I'm ugly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, not Ricky Play 99% snaps. Yeah. He's doing, Ricky Seals Jones is clearly the best tight end available this week. It's not even close. Yeah. Let's just get to yep. showdown time. All right. Yeah, he had another touchdown this week. All right. Craig, it you want you want to Ricky's, redeem yourself and pick a better question? No, you can pick this time. I don't want to have to deal with it. It is the Dick Jones <laughs> showdown time. All right. This is a I love very, Dick Jones. Yeah. It's such a good name. This is a very apt question. How many ligaments are in the human body? This one's from Aaron. How oh many ligaments God. are in the human body? All right. Well, Man. there's like 200 and something bones, 216 ACL, bones. ACL, MC, I'm going to count. How ACL, many ligaments? Yeah. yeah. How many bones are there? Aren't there like 215 around there bones? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I think that's country. <laughs> bones. 220 or, or so. Is it, or is it you start with that and then as you get older, it, it reduces to like 180, right? Isn't that what it is? You're born with like 215, what? but- no. Yeah, because bones fuse together as you age. Oh, that may be. How many bones do you think? Um, I was like, do you, do you what do you get rid of your bones? They take your bones <laughs> you out? I hate the bones. <laughs> how many I bones do you think Carson Wentz has? <laughs> what are you talking about? More or less than when he started. <laughs> uh, less. There are So there are 206 bones in the adult body. 206. That uh, actually kind of changes my... And there are, you are... And here we go, DK. You are born with about 300 bones. And then they fuse together. I thought you and meant they like... they dissolve or okay, you I have eat my answer. them or you lose them. Like <laughs> you eat them? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you make a stew out of them. Yeah, you got a stew going. Um, you got yourself a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That was funny. You toss a couple carrots in there, you got, got yourself a stew, stew going. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say, I'll just go first because I have no fucking clue. I have my answer. Ligaments. I'm going to say 150. I was literally going to say the exact same number. All right. Um, but I'll go a little higher. I'll go 170. I have no earth probably like idea. 12. <laughs> and so when Craig said 206 <laughs> bones, I'm gonna go, sure, there's a there's a ligament of bone on average. Let's just go with that. 206? Sweet. I'm, I'm got literally the going 206. I'm feeling good about this. Uh so I just Googled it and it says 900. Oh fuck. <laughs> that is also what I'm seeing. 900. <laughs> that makes more sense. Like, uh, a lot like of four ligies. ligaments of bone. That Son makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? I mean, it does. Yeah, like, it does like, imagine if there weren't a lot of ligaments, your bones would just be like floating around. Yeah, and be all all weird. Can, I guess four ligaments of bone actually makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like it's like train train tracks. Keep shit in place. All right. Well, that all right. This is brutal. So then, wait. So who won? So Hyphens gets Dick Jones. My, <laughs> I get last. I get the last last pick. So Craig, you go next. So I get. Oh, I get Ricky Seals. Oh, wow. Good luck to you guys. Uh, yeah. This is kind of. Did a we come nightmare. up with the perfect name for streaming tight ends and then we forgot it? Desert streams. Desert no, streams. Not that. No water streams. There was another one. I'm so sorry to the people who emailed buffering? us this and we were like, we love buffering. Yes, buffering because you. Yeah. It's not streaming because you don't know it's a stream. By the way, that reminds me, and we'll we'll talk about this uh, on the prop show. But a good prop when when we don't when we have the opposite of group chat, you know, so like everyone agrees that we want to do the same bet. That's a group chat. If if no one buys in to a bet, like happened to me several times last week for good reason, uh, it's called left on red. That's actually pretty funny. Just like guys, um, guys, you want to hang distracting out? Distracting from like you have to Do pick a tight end. No, okay. So I'm gonna go with. This is like so boring and lame. Like I'm, I'm gonna go with Evan Ingram. Kadarius Tony's out. They're playing Carolina. He's been getting you know three, four catches a week, and Daniel Jones will likely play. And the Giants receivers are banged up, so I'm gonna go with Evan Ingram. That was also my second option. The best of of absolute desperate options. Yeah. Uh. So I think there are two like somewhat interesting guys going forward here. Now the Steelers 
The Steelers aren't by, so yes, I would have said Friar Muth. Friar Muth for the rest of the season is an interesting one, I guess, because it seems like his role is kind of increasing with Juju out. Um, Did you guys hear Chris Collinsworth? Or no, I think Chris Collinsworth was quoting Ben talking about Pat Fryermuth about how he's not athletic and he's not fast. Did you hear that? No, I didn't see that. No, but that's Ben projecting. He was like running around and it like Pat caught some pass and they were like, yeah, you know, Ben, Ben was just like, there's just something about this guy. He's not athletic. He's not that fast, but he just kind of gets open and you know where he's going. And I was wow. like, damn, that's kind of a okay, dig. Is Pat Frymuth not athletic? He seems he's re- he's not he's relatively unathletic. I mean, he, I, I would go. say he's we not found like, one. He's We've not got an elite two. athlete. He's not an elite athlete. Neither is Dalton Schultz, though. So who cares? Honestly, like at tight end, it's really good to be like a, a souped up athlete. But also, th- it's like there's plenty of like productive fantasy guys that aren't like Wait souped up second. athletes because is like Dawson Knox a bad athlete or is he a good athlete? He's like average. Wait, did we just crack the code? That the athletic tight ends are guys that the NFL thinks they can turn into tight ends, but the tight ends who are not athletic only made it to the NFL because they're good at football? No. Did we just figure no. this out? Do you actually want unathletic tight ends? No, what I'm saying no. is it's like selection bias. Like, like the tight ends who make it to the NFL who are not athletic have to be good or they wouldn't be in the NFL. The athletic ones get a pass because they're not good at football, but they think they can sculpt them like a like a like a like a sculpture. But they can't them like a sculpture. I don't think yeah, what you're up. describing is a skeleton key hyphens. However, what I will say, I think it is, is sometimes it just depends on the quarterback and or the offense. Like, for instance, uh, Zach Ertz. I'll just throw that that name out there. I don't know if he's necessarily an elite athlete. He's never once broken a tackle in his entire career. So, like, he, <laughs> to me, he doesn't look like the most. Dynamic he literally guy. broke a tackle to win the Super Bowl. But can, can okay, you? well, that whatever. Besides that one, <laughs> that was that, called a joke, Hyphens. <laughs> I know, but the biggest play of his career was a broken... Okay, fine, whatever. There's an entire, like, subset of Eagles I'm looking Twitter. Out, he's, the, he's like the same speed score as, as Pat Fryermuth. He's Zach like in the 58th percentile. Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz. Perfect example, then. And Zach Ertz was a high, high-volume passing target in that offense just because it was a function of the offense. And for whatever reason, he just stepped into the right situation where he was getting a shitload of targets. He was like the, the security blanket or whatever for the quarterback going back through the years. And there's a chance in my mind that Friar Muth is that guy in this offense. Like a lot of people are comparing him to uh, Heath, uh, Heath Miller. Maybe the same kind of style. It's not like a, you're not a seam stretching guy necessarily or like a matchup mismatch guy. Like you're just kind of, you just kind of know how to work zones. Yeah. And you just kind I'm of show done up with exactly. athletic tight ends because it's now, I just, I feel like I just like saw, like I, I just saw into the matrix. Every They're guy, like they, they, stop trying to make them work. You, the, the, the OJ Howards, the Evan yeah. Ingrams, Mo oh, Ali Cox, super athletic. They're like, oh, he played yeah. basketball like Jimmy Graham. Everyone's looking for Jimmy Graham and Travis Kelsey. And it's kind of, what do they say? Like one great comedian spawns 10,000 bad ones. Like two great tight ends spawn like 10 million awful tight ends. Cause everyone's just like, oh, well, no, like the good tight ends are the guys who aren't that. Of- oh my God, we figured it out. It turns yeah. out we just want Dalton Schultz. I really don't think that's the case, though, because I, if you look at the frickin' okay, look at number one, two, and three in the NFL at tight end right now. All three are very good athletes: Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Dawson Knox, Darren Waller, elite athlete. He's number George five. No fan, number six, elite, elite yeah, athlete. But I, I get that. Hawkinson, but was a first round athlete. pick. Like no one needs help to be like the tight end drafted in the first round is a good athlete. What I'm saying is, when you look for tight ends that are not obviously athletic and skilled. We trend toward the athletic guys thinking they can pick up skills when really the skilled guys are probably going to play. All I'm saying is look at the top 12 tight ends right now. I I will. 
I'm going to pull it up right now. One of, I get what Hyvitz is saying, of them, though. One of them is not an elite athlete, I would say. Maybe two. I get what he's saying, though, where, like, outside of the obvious ones that have both the athleticism and the skill, you would you should lean towards skill than raw athleticism. I guess. Yeah, I'm not I saying... I, I get what you're saying, DK, Like, but, like, Travis Kelsey is... Up, so he's the number one tight end, and he's athletic and skillful, but, like, he picked later in his career. Mark Andrews... Okay, I'll give you that one. But he, what does he draft? Is he a second round pick? Third, Later I think. That. All I right, Darren Waller, but like Darren Waller is like a different case because he went through a whole rebirth in life. Schultz is the not athletic. Schultz is like the one exception in this entire list. Okay. <laughs> Hawkinson, Pitts, Noah Fant. All right, I see what you're saying. But these, I actually, that, now that I'm looking at this list, you know what's weird is like a lot of these guys are like actually really highly drafted and they all did just take some time. Yeah, I think so. Like the bottom line, if it's like I, I see what you're saying, like sometimes you have to sort of zig when the rest of the drafters are zagging or whatever. But like by far the best way of predicting who's going to be a breakout at the tight end position is if they have elite athleticism. <laughs> so Fine. I'm just like not willing to go along with this narrative. Yeah, she's DK. Like Dawson Knox is a great example. It's it's taken him three years to get here or whatever. But the reason he was drafted is because he was an elite athlete. He didn't have a touchdown catch in college. He was like barely used in the offense. Darren Waller, he he changed, he switched positions from receiver uh, and turned it into tight end. But he has elite, elite athleticism. No fan, elite athlete. Uh, Mike Kosecki, elite athlete. Kyle Pitts, elite athlete. TJ Hawkinson, very good athlete. I mean, there, this is not like by chance. <laughs> so DK, who are you taking at tight end? <laughs> I feel like we've got really gone away from right. the celebratory mode of we found other athletic tight ends after looking at them for two years. Uh, by the way, the, the one guy I want to mention is another elite athlete, former first-round pick, O.J. Howard for the Buccaneers. He's kind of like, I, the, this could be a total blip on the radar. And you're this wait, you're picking OJ Howard. This is your guy. You guys already we how many good options are there left here? There's none. I was literally <laughs> I think the other option is like CJ Uzoma. Like I don't yeah, I actually like OJ Howard as a pick. Here's I think why. Gronk is back though. Is he? If he comes back. Oh, I was assuming if, if Gronk, Gronk is not back. back. I was assuming Gronk is not going to be back. They said Bruce Arian said he almost played in the Thursday night game. So I imagine with 10 more days, he'll be playing. Okay. Maybe not. So this is contingent. How about that? On if okay. Gronk is continuing to miss time, which I I hadn't seen that he was going to be back. I thought like this could be something that goes on for a little bit longer. Like he had like multiple rib breaks. Like this is a situation that could kind of stretch nice. out. I could be wrong. However, um, OJ Howard, seven targets, six catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown in his last game. He was like a big, big ish part of the passing game, like way bigger than expected. So he's more of a desperation move, but you guys already picked all the good ones. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, go with the, the OJ Howard thing works. You should have figured out how many ligaments from the human body. Okay. So Dick Seal Jones, Evan Ingram, maybe OJ Howard. And if OJ Howard doesn't play, you know, good luck with CG Uzoma. Godspeed. And long term, Pat Fryermuth. And Fryermuth. Yeah, he's Fries. not athletic and therefore very good at football. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Quarterback, if you need to stream quarterbacks this week, so Dak 
Josh Allen and Justin Herbert are all on by. Dak, again, has the calf strain. He's probably going to be fine. But Dak, Josh Allen, Herbert are on by, so you probably might need to stream quarterback this week. If so, my recommendation is Justin Fields against the Bucs. We're back, baby. We're already here. <laughs> but again, know. so many quarterbacks are off. The rushing, he had his best game of the season last week. I'm I, like, you know. You I, want I, Justin I, Fields against the Bucs? I don't know yeah, about dude, that. It's, I, the I, other option is basically Matt Ryan against the Dolphins. I mean, no, what, what about, there's some other ones. What about, I mean, you could do Mac Jones versus the Jets. You could do mm-hmm. Tua versus Atlanta. Tua versus Atlanta. I'd rather have Justin Fields. I I want nothing to do with Tua. Literally nothing. I will never, I don't want to talk to him again. I never want to be the same. Like, I'm done with Tua forever. <laughs> Yeah, but at least he'll throw the ball. Like, you know, like 30 attempts out of Justin Fields feels impossible. Tua threw the ball f- like 50 times this week. What about Jameis? What about Jameis versus Seattle? Yeah. I you guess. can talk me into Jameis versus Seattle, especially because Seattle had the um the Saints had the bye week to prepare for Seattle. You could do Jameis versus Seattle. I could move him up. I still would go Fields like number I still would go Fields because I maybe I'm a sucker. Still feel like the upside's there. Matt Ryan against the Dolphins. And then I think Jameis maybe all right, maybe Jameis third. You guys think Jameis higher? You guys think I'm way too high in fields, don't I? Well, I I yeah, I don't know. against the Bucks. I think I would do Mac Jones against the Jets before I did Justin Fields. Fields is still not running is a problem. Like the whole equation and the whole reason we were really excited about Justin Fields before the season started is because he has the opportunity to be like Jalen Hurts, who by the way, Jalen Hurts has been like one of I think our biggest hits from the offseason is like he's had I think he's been a QB one every week this year so far. He's like been within like 22 and 28 points every week. Yeah. So that was what we were, I think speaking for the group, like picturing with Justin Fields is he could still suck as a passer. And frankly, Jalen hurts has not been very good as a passer this year, but since he's running, you have this amazing floor in fantasy. We all thought this is what was going to be happening with Justin Fields. That's why we like Trey Lance. Um, these guys are very fast, uh, you know, dynamic runners. Whatever reason, Justin Fields is just choosing not to run. Like it's been like three rushes a game He's or something. Probably like coached that. not to run. All right, fine. right. That's fair. So in that that's case, like, in that case, makes you're probably right. I can I, then maybe Matt Ryan over the Dolphins, but I do think Matt Ryan's a superior one to Mac Jones. I would. Would you really take Mac Jones over Matt Ryan, Craig? Uh, no, but I'd probably take Matt Ryan over Mac Jones. Not, I mean, Actually, I definitely, I definitely would. The only thing, it's like, yeah, Fields rushed for 43 yards last week, and he still had 14 points. Like, it's just, it's brutal. And they're at Tampa. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that there could be a breakout game coming, but guessing which one it is, I am not really willing That's to do fair. that right now. All right, and then, so there's, there's your quarterback streamer options. Defenses this week, woof. New Orleans against Seattle. I think New Orleans against Seattle and Geno Smith is probably the best you're going to get. If someone dropped the Patriots because they were playing, um, I've already forgotten. Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. Then pick them up (laughs) because they're going against the Jets and they crush the Jets. But more likely than not, the Patriots aren't available. In which case, yeah, the Saints are the best option. Man, it gets ugly fast. Like Again, the Falcons. Brutal matchups this week. Terrible defense going against the Dolphins if you want to bet against Tua. Like, there's like, I mean, there's a world where like maybe Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo missed this 49ers game against the Bears, but like, are you really going to pick up the Bears defense, go against Kyle Shannon coming off a bye week? Like, these are, it is a tough week for streaming defenses. <laughs> Can we just skip this week and like not play fantasy this week and just pick up in week eight? Bye week for it's fantasy? Okay, when, back when I did my draft three months ago, <laughs> I actually aligned my defensive buys. So I'm, I'm just, it's where well, I'm all good. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Good. It's really happy for you. Yeah. So that worked out. Okay. All right. There are your showdown times, even though, wow, we only got to two this week. 
Unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Want to go? Want to do an email? Get sure. out of here. Okay. Email from Michael that I thought you guys, Craig and Danny, would appreciate. So he says, I listened to today's episode, and this, and he's speaking of an episode from maybe like two weeks ago. Uh, and you guys touched on Amanda Bynes shows, Dancing dancing Lobsters. You touched on a very important tradition in my league with my friends from high school. Uh, they are all from the 27 to 29 years old, firmly SpongeBob millennials, not Saved by the Bell millennials, just to be clear. Nice. Three or four years ago, two of the guys got into a pretty intense trade negotiation in the group chat. Once it finished, one of them texted, court dismissed, bring on the dancing, bring in the dancing lobsters, and sent a gif of said dancing lobsters, too. Ever since, it has become a league tradition to send a gif of the dancing lobsters in the group chat to announce a trade, and trades are generally referred to as lobsters. <laughs> I bet this guy was just freaking out and happy when you guys mentioned the dancing lobsters. <laughs> so, I like that a lot. I like trades being referred to as lobster. That's also my favorite part. I'm also thinking of that part in Ted where he's like, you owe me lobster money. (laughs) All right, guys, we got another lobster. Jerry Judy for Michael Gallup. (laughs) Uh, Also, just going to add in quickly because we love fun facts, this podcast, and thank you guys for all sending in fun facts. Fun fact from Errol, the creator of Match.com's wife left him for someone she met on Match.com. Wow. I did not check for the uh, veracity of that statement, but it was funny. So I thought it I, would be worth noting. That bit by the hand that feeds you. I was going to say, talk about your all time There's a whole, like, there's a whole Korea, like, Shakespearean tragedy in there that's kind of hilarious. Okay. Yeah. This is another good uh, one. Fun fact. Fun fact from Mark. Do you ever wonder where the mastodon got its name? You know, the no, prehistoric I actually elephant? Have never. Well, now you are wondering. Scientists just found, scientists first found just the tooth of the mastodon and noticed sharp breast-like projections on its molars. They first thought this could mean there were roving hordes of carnivorous elephants walking around the prehistoric North America. Ultimately, they concluded that the bumpy molars were identical or were ideal for chewing up rough ancient foliage. Anyway, mast comes from breast like mastectomy and don comes from tooth like orthodontist. So really what Mark is saying is woolly mammoths are uh, called boob breast, teeth. breast teeth. Boob <laughs> teeth. Boob tooth. Boob tooth. The boob tooth. tooth. Anyway, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm going to name my, I'm going to get a dog and name him boob tooth. <laughs> what if the, the band Mastodon just went with boob tooth instead? Uh, DK, is that your band? Boob tooth? Boob tooth. I'm going with boob tooth. The mastodon, Thank you, boob tooth. The Mastodon cover band. Yeah. That's <laughs> Oh my god! Right. Uh, Do you have I like when DK. I like when DK takes over the emails. Yeah, it's, it's it's a different. I feel like I'm just in the passenger seat. I'm like a little nervous because I've been driving DK, and then I'm like, oh, watch the road. And like, hey, you're like you're just you're not as close as you think to the line. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, who know? Like it took three minutes, and then we start talking about boob tooth. Yeah, I was like, wow, it's not where I thought that was going to go. Well, you're welcome. Thank you, DK, and thank you, Heifetz, and thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Sean Lee's Ping Pong Orchestra. DK, just just, just say the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? What the just fuck like, is happening? No, you guys have got mad happened? at me for being too basic. So now I'm going deep into the archives. I don't think we did get mad at you for being basic. Did we? Did we shame him for that? I feel like you, maybe not mad is the right word. You guys were disappointed when I brought up the Beatles because it's the most basic band in the world. Even though, by the way, we blew Heifetz's mind for telling him that Beatles is a pun. (laughs) (laughs) Which is Sean Lee's Ping Pong Orchestra? Yeah. Why is it called that? 
Uh, I'm not sure, but you should listen to the Kiss the Sky song. It's good. And you probably recognize it from Eastbound and Down. I think it was on oh. the Eastbound and Down soundtrack. I was at a bar in Florida, and in the bathroom, they had like a giant TV, and they were just playing Kenny Powers <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like, you're fucking out. And they had a mirror against the toilet, so you could watch the TV through the mirror. And Jenny, Kenny Powers just on this jet ski, and I'm like, this is like the best bathroom I've ever been in in my life. This <laughs> would be a mandate for all bathrooms. You can only have eastbound and down playing. All right, there's my oh, phone. Man. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess Craig, you get to say goodbye this time because you did the you did right. everything. Thank you, Lord. We'll see you every. Oh, I just screwed that up. We'll see everybody on Tuesday for Power Hour. Goodbye. Actually, just kidding. It's on Wednesday. Goodbye. <laughs>